So I was struggling with an employee. It wasn't a wasn't a big struggle. It wasn't a major deal. But the struggle really centered around I was busy. The employee had some initiatives they wanted to do. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't spend the time with them. I probably didn't give them the freedom to think that they could pull the trigger and go ahead and do it. Even though I thought by staying out of the way that that was you know, basically giving permission. And so in essence, you know, not a lot was happening at that particular time. And so I just, I continued to allow this to build in me and, and this anxiety and uh, anxiety is maybe a, a, a stretch, but just this frustration probably is what it was more than anything. And I was going to lunch one day, I was with um, going to have lunch with a friend of mine who was also a little bit of a mentor at the time, business leader. And I was sharing, you know, we did the normal, so what's going on at work? And so we shared kind of what was happening. Well, this was front and center on my mind. So I thought, well, why not, why not share this? So I, I told him kind of what had been happening over the past several months and how, uh, you know, I had kind of let this boil up in me a little bit and it was really frustrating and aggravating and, I'd probably let it blown out of proportion and things of that nature. And so I was a little surprised, but the counsel I got from him was, you need to stop this right now. You need to go in and you need to get in his face. You need to tell this employee what's going on. You need to straighten this thing right, you know, out right now. You need to, you need to deal with it. I mean, I can tell it's bothering you, so, so quit putting it aside you know, grow up, be a leader, walk in, and just take care of business. So it was almost like the coach, you know, the football coach or, or whatever, basketball, whoever, whatever kind of coach, sort of got you in the huddle and is just, you know, sort of grabbing you by the collar and saying, get in the game, you know, you know quit complaining and get in there and do something about this. So I left, we, we finished our lunch. And by the way, I think that's how he perhaps would lead his team, <laughs> uh, bless them. But I think that's that's perhaps how he would address some of those issues. And uh, so I, I drove back to the office, and just so happens that that day, that afternoon, we had a staff meeting. And we were all sort of sitting around in a circle, and we were going around the table or whatever, and... And we were just reporting. And so this particular staff person was given a report, was talking about a few things, a few initiatives that he was still working on and so forth. And so from the time of my lunch until the time that he's talking, I had replayed this tape of my friend, my mentor friend, sort of getting in my face, telling me, you have got to do something. So when my staff member, who my teammate, it came to his time to report, and he's right in the middle of his report, and he just finished, that's when it happened. And more on that story in just a minute.
I'm Tim Riddle. Discover blind spots where we believe what you don't see can actually hurt you. We're in episode 20 now, so we finally got to the 2-0 mark. Over the past several weeks, we've been talking about a, a series. We had a new series past four weeks on values, and we decided, so you know, kind of during that series, I had this thought about maybe keeping that theme, and I'll, I'll tell you what that, you know, kind of how I came up with that. There's nine weeks between now and the end of the year, and I think a couple of weeks ago I mentioned this idea. I forget how I was referencing, but I was referencing Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which talks about the fruits of the Spirit, and there are nine fruits, which you could say are nine values that we should have in our life um, that, that Paul is wanting us to be visible, that we grow those fruits. And so I was going to wait, and I thought, ah, maybe not. Now, look, there's nine weeks between now and the end of the year. I also know what I want to do in January to kick off the new year. I want to do something on goals. And so I thought, let's do it. So the next nine weeks, we're going to be talking about these nine fruits that can be found in Galatians 5, 22, and 23. But more on that in just a minute. So let me get back to my story and finish that. So my teammate was getting ready to, I mean, he had, had sort of stated, you know, kind of reported on what he was doing, and he finished, and I blasted him. In other words, I, I decided that I was going to be that person that really I wasn't. I was going to try to step into a new skin of somebody that I wasn't. And so I decided that I was going to be bold and direct and I was going to address this issue. But I forgot one thing. I forgot to do it with love. My mentor had me so fired up. You know, I was like I was running into battle. I was going to take no prisoners. I wanted to be brave, I wanted to be bold, I wanted to be the leader everyone admired. But what did I do? I damaged the relationship. Why? Because I tried to be something I wasn't. That's, that's, that's probably the big issue. But specifically, because I addressed the issue in front of everyone else, which basically said I was not doing it respectfully. We'll talk about that word in a little bit. Um, and I didn't do it with love, which is love, which is the first of the nine fruits in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So let me give you the list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So why, for example, you may say, wait a minute, Tim, I thought this was kind of a leadership podcast. I thought this was a podcast about business and marketplace and blind spots and, and how we you know, can kind of grow our businesses and eliminate blind spots in our strategy and our messaging and our alignment of teams and so forth. And so why are we, I didn't know this was a Bible study. So why are we talking about these particular values? So let me, let me try to explain. Several years ago, our team that I was leading at the time, we were looking at 
identifying the values for our organization. And so we began to pull out, you know, everybody was pulling in all the latest leadership books that they had read and all the marketplace books that uh, had all these great concepts that were really cutting edge and, you know, number one on the New York Times bestseller list and Amazon and all that sort of stuff. And so we began to pull those out and we started writing words up on a whiteboard, chalkboard kind of thing. And nothing seemed to resonate. They seemed to fall flat. Kept struggling and struggling. And for whatever reason, during that time, I was also reading. I don't, I don't know if it was my reading for the day or I don't, I don't know what it was. But we were also um, looking at, I, was, I came across Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And obviously, I, I mean, I've read that multiple times. But when I read the list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, I thought, it's like I stopped, read those words again, and said, that's our values. I mean, that's our values. That's, that's I mean, who wouldn't want to work for an organization that embodied those values? Who wouldn't want to work for a leader that embodied those values? Who wouldn't want to have a teammate who embodied those values? And then uh, another part of the story, I, as I've, you know, I've read lots of leadership books in my day, I've been to lots of conferences, I've listened to a lot of great leaders, and it's great stuff, so I don't, I don't mean this in any condescending way at all. I'm grateful for the books I've read, the conference I've attended, and the leaders that I've listened to. But I, I do have to chuckle at times when someone listens to what appears to be a new concept, a new leadership principle and says, wow, this is incredible. You know, I mean, gosh, this is new cutting edge stuff. Well, this is, this is really a amazing, um, information, transformational information. I sometimes want to kind of raise my hand and say, you know what? This isn't the first place that that was written or spoken. I can take you to a book where the it was authored for the very first time, and that's obviously in Scripture. I can point to chapter and verse and say, there, there it is. You see, it's not new. It's been there for thousands of years. So why not, you know? I mean, why not go back to the book, you know, the, that, that has those principles in there? So I just, I, I, that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to spend time. We're going to go through Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We're going to look at each one of those fruits, and that's what we're going to spend our time. Now, if you, if you say, uh, I'm not a, a Bible person, that's okay. That's no problem. I mean, we're not going to, you know, pull up the original Greek language and stuff like that. And I, I'm not going to, you know, try to, to hammer you, beat you over the head. But here's the thing. You have to admit that these nine fruits that I just mentioned, or if you don't like the word fruits, if we call them uh, values, these nine values of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they're pretty good. Right? So let's get started with the first fruit. And you know why it's called a fruit, right? It's called a fruit because... It takes time to grow, so let's let's you know let's be clear about this. 
This is not a listen to a podcast, read a book, watch a video, um, and then all of a sudden you're transformed. It takes time to grow. It starts with an attitude of saying, I really would like to see if I can live my life in a way where these fruits could grow. Number two, if they grow, what happens? They become visible to others. And when they become visible to others, that's when you see the benefit of the fruit. All right? So there are lots of types of love. Um, You know, there's a a love called Eros, 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 however you pronounce it, E-R-O-S. That's the, you know, kind of love between a husband and wife. It's a sexual type of love. Um, you know, a relationship. We're not talking about that. There's another type of love called phylos, P-H-I-L-O-S. Um, and that's more of a love between a brother and a sister or a friend, some, somebody like that. Might be a little bit of that in what we discuss, but really we're talking about this love called agape love. It's, it's spelled A-G-A-P-E. It's a, it's a special term. It's, a, it's kind of a divine type love. And it's, it, resembles, symbolizes the love of God. Uh, it's, a, it's a love that God commands all Christ followers, all believers, to have for everybody, that we should have this agape love. Um, so that's the love we're going to focus on. I love it when some friends of mine, they'll say, uh, well, Tim, you know, you, you know, you're called, you have to, you know, you have to love everybody. So you have to love us. You know, maybe they're giving me a hard time, and I always say, yeah, I do. God tells me I have to love you, but I don't have to like you. So there's nothing in Scripture that says you have to like that person, but we do have to love them. And I realize it's hard to do one without the other. But haven't you had that happen? I mean, sometimes that might even happen with um, with my kids, you know. They may do something one day that I don't like them real well, but but I always, always love them. So what does love look like? What does this agape love look like? You say, you know, okay, it's kind of floating around in the air and give me practical, tangible things that I can grab hold of to understand what this love thing looks like. All right? So here it is. It's patient and it's kind. Right? That's one way it it looks like patience and kindness. It doesn't show envy. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It respects others. This type of love shows respect for others. It's not selfish. It doesn't get angry easily. And it doesn't hold grudges. So you know where that came from? 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, another piece of Scripture. Now, if you're familiar with Scripture, you might say, well, wait a minute, 1 Corinthians 13, that's the marriage Scripture, right? But if you are familiar with that, it follows, it's, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is right between 12 and 14, where Paul's talking about this idea of using spiritual gifts, using your gifts. Now, he's talking about using those gifts in the church, but where else would a lot of times you use the God-given gifts, you know, these gifts that God has given you? Probably in your work. You would use those gifts as well. So what Paul's saying is that when you use your gifts, use them with love. Make sure they're wrapped up in a package of love when you do that every single day. 
Great application. And here's the thing. Wouldn't you want to work for somebody that has those traits? So, you know, don't don't get sideways about the fact that, that we're actually looking at Scripture to see leadership principles that we can apply in our in our everyday life. But now you maybe you say, okay, break it down a little bit more, break it down a little more. So you've given me the example, you've given me sort of what it looks like, but um, I don't know how to demonstrate this. I'm not known as being the touchy feely lovey person. You know, I don't hug people a lot or you know, I, I got stuff to do. I got a busy schedule. I don't have time to just sit around and sip coffee with my employees or my teammates and and so forth. So so uh, you gotta you gotta give me practical examples of how I can demonstrate this love. So okay, let's go back to the list. So here's your practical examples. Just be patient. Just be kind. Don't show envy. Don't be boastful or proud. Show respect for others. You know, I I, I text um, one of my teammates the other day, and I said, hey. You know what? You're doing a great job, and I love working with you on this. It's just what I was doing is I was, certainly I was trying to encourage, because they are doing a great job, but I also was trying to show respect for the hard work that they had been doing. You know, don't be selfish. Don't let your temper or your anger get the best of you. And then last but not least, just don't count, you know, don't keep score. In other words, don't hold grudges. Don't think, okay, that person has wronged me, so there's a black mark on a sheet of paper, and I'll never, it's in, you know, it's in that uh, pen. It's not in pencil. I'll never erase. I'll never forget that. Just don't hold grudges. That's all you have to do. Now, I know that's a big list, and I know every day that there are things that cause us to do the opposite of what I just said, but it's not difficult. That's about as clear as I can make it. Now, what about this idea, some people say, what about this idea that love makes it difficult to speak the truth? You know, it's like you get in trouble if you sugarcoat it with too much love. You know, the person may not take your critique serious enough. You may not be able to get to the point. You know, and some people will say, you know, it's just me. I'm just direct. You know, I just direct. I say what I mean. I'm just direct. But let, let me tell you. So what does that type of leader do? They focus so much on the truth that they remove all the love. They just skip over it. And you know what that's like? If you're on the receiving end of that, that's like having surgery without the benefit of anesthesia. You know, if, you, if you're that kind of a leader, what you're doing is basically you're like a doctor who performs surgery without any medicine, anesthesia, any of that. And if you've been on the receiving end of that, you know that it cuts and it hurts. I knew a leader like this. He loved to tear you down. He loved to always make you second guess yourself. He wanted you to you know, not be in a comfortable place. He wanted to be known as the big bad boss. He wanted to you know, be passive aggressive to always make you thinking, you know, what is he thinking? Um, he wanted to be the leader that everyone feared. The problem is, is that it's hard to lead when you don't have anybody following. You know, the, I love the, the quote that says, He who leadeth and hath no one following is only t- 
taking a walk. But now, what's the other side of that coin? There is an issue of not addressing the truth. That is an issue. I, I agree. We might believe that truth is not as important as the love, that love trumps the truth, so we avoid speaking the truth because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Or we just don't want it to be awkward. You know, we don't, we don't want it to, we, we love that we, we, I mean, excuse me, we hate those awkward conversations. So we just want to love on the person and hope that if we make them feel good enough about themselves, they'll wake up and snap out of whatever blind spot issue that they're dealing with. And when we do that, you know what's happening? We're not helping. In fact, we're hurting the situation and we're prolonging the inevitable. In fact, we become, when we do that, we become an enabler. You know how sometimes if you, you enable an addict, that's, that's what we're doing. By not pointing it out, um, you become an enabler and you're not helping the other person. I often am asked, so, so Tim, how do you point out somebody's blind spot? And I always say, you do that, you earn the respect to speak into somebody's life, and the way you earn that respect is to do it with love. You let them know that you will never, ever operate on them without anesthesia. Because if you don't, do that if you if you don't speak truth into people if you avoid that topic here's what day you'll here's what will happen one day you'll walk in and explode like I did with the teammate during the staff meeting and you potentially what happens you potentially destroy a relationship now I'm happy to report that I was able to restore that relationship many years later how did I do that? I apologized. I explained what happened, and I apologized. I didn't make an excuse. I owned what happened. So in essence, what I did in the second conversation is I spoke truth this time. So I didn't dance around the truth, but I also did it with the right amount of love. So here's something I want you to do. Here's an exercise uh, to wrap things up. Sometimes... We need a spotlight, right? We need a spotlight to shine on our blind spots to reveal them. So consider this like a spotlight. So I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And I'm going to, I have it on a, some notes here. So I'm going to encourage you, you can write this down or you can go, you know, go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And in those verses, every place that it would normally say love, Love is patient and love is kind. You know, where it says love, I want you to write in. I w I'd love for you to write this in. I'd love for you to have it on a sheet of paper and write your first name. Okay, let me give you an example. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Tim is patient and kind. Tim is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Tim does not demand his own way. Tim is not irritable. And Tim keeps no record of being wrong. Tim does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Tim never gives up. Tim never loses faith. Tim all is always hopeful. 
and Tim endures through every circumstance. Now, here's the deal. I am certainly not saying that Tim, this Tim, does all those things. And those who know me the best, or know, or that are closest to me, know that this is not truth. <laughs> uh, all of these things aren't true for Tim. There are some days that I'm good at these things. There are other days that I'm not. And so we have to give ourselves enough grace to know that we can't be perfect and things are going to happen. But when I read that, those verses, that little paragraph, and I put my name in there, in, in those blanks where the word love would normally fit, it is extremely convicting. In fact, I would almost just have the sheet on your desk or somewhere in a book or whatever, leave the blanks there so that you can, you know, so you're not putting your name in there that's saying you're 100% there. Just leave the blanks and you fill them in each time. See which ones, and the ones that you feel like, nope, today I can't, you know, I didn't do that. I can't do that. Just leave it blank. Just leave it. Don't, don't insert your name into that blank. All right. Next week, uh, fruit number two, we're going to talk about joy. And so here's a little bit of a tease. Did you know that happiness, we all want to be happy, right? Happiness is a temporary emotion. That's right. It's not permanent. It's temporary. More on that next week. Now, I'd love to invite you to subscribe to this podcast. I'd really love for you to do that. You can do that through iTunes and Spotify and all the other podcast places that you would normally go. But let me tell you the easiest way to do it. Go to DB, oh, DBS. Go to discoverblindspots.com. Discoverblindspots.com. Go to the resources tab and then click on the button to subscribe. And what I'll do is I'll send you an email with uh, a link to the podcast that you can listen to, or at least it's a reminder for you to let you know, hey, the podcast is up because I put it up usually on Tuesdays, but it's different times. So you'll be able to know, hey, the podcast is up and I can go to iTunes or Spotify, wherever that you normally listen to your podcast. So I'd love for you to do that. Love for you to be a part of you know my list of people who uh, have subscribed and, and, and get this email every week. Um, also, I'd love for you to follow me on social media. Let me tell you why I want you to do that. So recently, for the past month, I've kind of have a new social media strategy plan. And what I'm doing is on Sunday night, I introduce the new theme for the week. So um, Sunday night, if you, if, you, if you follow me on social media, you notice that we're introducing the theme of love. On Monday uh, nights or Monday during the, you know, during the week, during the day, uh, every Monday, there's a video that sort of covers the big picture of what we're going to be talking about for the week. Tuesday's the podcast where we dive a little bit deeper. And then the rest of the posts during the week uh, are usually quotes or, or some type of uh, reminders about that particular theme. One of the things about blind spots is that you have to do life with people so you can do life together, allow other people to speak into your life and to look into your life. So let's do that together. So would love for you to follow me. Here's how you can do it. Instagram, it's Tim Riddle underscore Discover Blind Spots. Facebook is just Discover Blind Spots. You can look for that. LinkedIn, it's just under Tim Riddle. Twitter, at Tim Riddle underscore 
DBS for Discover Blind Spots. All right, that's it for today. Until next week, see you then.